Well, um, you may recall yesterday when we spoke with Daniel Luria from Ateret Koanim that uh, he mentioned uh, Nira Rabinovich. Uh, if he didn't mention her on the air, then he mentioned her to us off the air. And uh, uh, Nira has been living in the Yemenite village since the beginning of the project, since the beginning of the uh, Jewish presence in the Yemenite village. And we conjectured, we thought that we in fact had met Nira back in 2014 when we visited. And sure enough, she now has confirmed for us, as we introduce her on the show, that it was us who visited her home uh, almost four years ago and had an incredible visit. So Nira Rabinovich, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. A pleasure to have you here to speak with you. A little bit of a different atmosphere here than in the Emmonite Village, huh? Yes, certainly. When we first met you, if I'm not mistaken, and I hope I recall this correctly, I think you had two small children. Does that make sense? Four years ago? Yeah. Does that make sense? I had four. Already four. Okay. (laughs) So two really made an impression on me. I can tell you that much. I'm sure the other two did as well. How is the family doing? How is our family doing? We're doing very, very well, Baruch Hashem. Since you came four years ago, yeah. many things have changed at the Yemenite village. Baruch Hashem, thanks to Ateret Kohanim and good people that helped them. In the past two years, Ateret Kohanim has actually rebuilt three new houses at the Yemenite village. Wow. Which means in numbers that from nine families, we are now 21 families. Right. And the best is yet to come, as we know. Uh, I want to tell you that along the years, we always knew that the Beit Knesset, the old Yemenite shul, was once there. And we always knew that now Arab family lives there, very hostile, right. Palestinian Arab family right. that doesn't want to go anywhere. And for us, that was a sign. That was our like golden way, was to go to the old Yemenite Beit Knesset and to pray in it again. But it was a far, far away dream for all of us. You didn't think it would ever happen. We believed right. it would happen, but it didn't look so real. Right. To almost two years ago, Atarat Kwanim has managed to persuade the State of Israel and the police to operate a court order that was already existing for a few years, but to, to get it operated and to evacuate the illegal Arab family that lived at the Old Beit Knesset, it happened just as it should happen with the shul. And wh- I'll tell you what I mean. Usually, when a third Konin goes into new houses yeah. that they buy from Arabs, mm-hmm. they have to do it very late at night. It's a complicated operation, a bit dangerous. Very they secretive. Very secretive. They do it very quietly, right. very quickly, and they enter the house. And then the mess usually starts. With the Beit Knesset at the Yemenite village, it was a completely different story. Because I think that it's like a message from God that with the Beit Knesset, it should be at daytime. And that would happen 10 o'clock in the morning. Publicly. The police of the state of Israel came along with a court order and said that is a Jewish house. That was once a Jewish synagogue. This family is illegal. They didn't buy the house. It doesn't belong to them. They went out and all the men of the Yemenites village and the people of Ateret Kohanim took the Sifrei Torah from where we used to pray in Beit Yonatan named after Jonathan Pollard. Right. I remember Beit Yonatan. We're waiting for him to come. Right. Bezrat Hashem one Bezrat day. Bezrat Hashem. We believe Soon it will enough, happen. Soon enough, I hope. I hope. We all do. Yeah. 
All the men took the Sifrei Torah from Beit Yonatan and went along the street from Beit Yonatan to the honey house where the old Beit Knesset is and brought the Sifrei Torah back home, back where they belong. And I saw it from the window of my house and I started crying because, for you those, know... For those of us who've been to a Hachnasat Sefer Torah, we've never been to one like that. <laughs> That's for sure. It, it must have been amazing. It was spectacular. I can't even describe the feelings of seeing the Sifrei Torah going back to where you know that less than a hundred years ago, yeah. the Yemenites lived there. And I want to correct you. Because when you introduced me, you said that right. I lived there from the very beginning. Right. <laughs> I want to correct something. I thought I said the, the beginning very of this project. Beginning, okay. <laughs> the very beginning of the project was 1882 right. when the Yemenites came to Israel and insisted to live in Jerusalem. Right. And Harav Ze'ev Dov Frumkin from Chabad bought these lands for them. That is where it started. And unfortunately, until the State of Israel was built and until Jerusalem was rebuilt and until Ateret Kohanim has arrived and took again place on this land, there were no Jewish people living there. Well, you're there but from we the are con- continuing and we feel like we're continuing something that started a long, long time ago. We're just having the privilege of continuing something that has already started. Oh, I understand that. I was just making the point that you're there since the beginning <laughs> of the Atarit Kodim part of the project, but we understand exactly what you mean. Nira Rabinovich is here. Now, I, 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 one of the things we were amazed about, we took the same route to get to the Ammonite village that your children, forget about yourselves, you also have to do this, but just for a moment, that your young children had to do every single time they wanted to get in and out, which was basically be in a secure, armored carrier with military personnel, right? That's how it works. That's how how it old is your oldest child now? My eldest daughter is almost 12 now. Okay. If I had if I had a conversation with her here, what would she tell me about that experience, about having to do that every single day when so many kids in Israel, you know, ha- have it very differently and don't need to go through that whole system and procedure to get in and out of their home each time? Look, our children understand that they live in a not normal reality. But they also understand that in order to do big things, you need to live not normal life. It's difficult. If my daughter was here and she had a big mouth and she's <laughs> almost 12, she's saying exactly what she feels, she'll say it's difficult. But who said that difficult is bad? And that's, that's what we say at home. Right. We choose, we were chosen to that mission. And we choose every day to stay in that mission and to do it the best way we can. So the every day is very demanding, is very complicated. Sometimes it has high prices. But eventually we all live our narrative story. And we all tell ourselves and our children the story we want to hear. And I want to tell you that our story is not only the narrative story, it's the truth. We do big things there. And we're willing to pay the price. Right. And so does our children. How, we do, how do we raise them normally, happily? First of all, they know that they're part of a big thing that's happening. All their friends live in all sorts of complicated persons, the Muslim quarter, all the, all the Ateret Khanim right. places. Their colleagues are also in so, challenging situations. Exactly. <laughs> so they are the heroes of school and of the classroom because the Yemenized village is like the tiptoe of... That's A1. Huh? <laughs> yeah, of the mission. And 
I think that they're proud of themselves. Right. And sometimes it's difficult. And they are allowed to talk about it at home and to say that it's difficult. And sometimes it's frightening. But we keep on mentioning and reminding them that now we have a state of our own and we have police guards and officers that take care of us and protect us. It's not like in the past that the Yemenites were attacked and there was no one there they to protect them. They were defenseless, right? We are defensible and they feel it and they see that the state of Israel is with us hand by hand. They feel it. And I think that that was giving all, all of us the strength to know that we are... We're not there just for ourselves with like a peculiar idea that someone thought of. Right. We are a part of the interest of the state of Israel, of building Jerusalem, of you're, keeping it complete. You're in a different home now than when we first saw you years ago, right? Yes. And that means you moved how far? Like where, where, where is this building compared to the old one? Five minutes walk. A five-minute walk. Five minutes walk. And that building was not around or was not part of the uh, of the project back then? Back then it wasn't. Right. But where so I you're live perfect now, evidence of a building that, with no, the support of people around the world, became a piece to this whole operation. For us, we lived there for 10 years. In the first one? In the first one, knowing that once it will be a bigger neighborhood. But right. we were there, nine families, for many, many years, and all the good people around us saying... It ain't going to work. It ain't going nowhere. You'll stay there forever and ever, just nine families. But we knew that it's going to happen one day. And I w- can I just de- describe the Please. night Please. in which Ateret Kone bought the two new houses? Sure. It was almost three years ago. Just one evening, my husband's coming home, changing into a black shirt. That's like, I know that he's going to do some mission of Ateret Kone <laughs> entering one of the houses, I have no idea if it's going to be the Muslim court or the Christian. Where is it, where are they going? He said nothing. But I saw on his face that something is different. And I, tell, and I told him, what's different? And he didn't answer. That moment I knew that it must be very, very close. If he's not answering and he's like all prepared. stiff and prepared. Took a bag, took a few things inside. And he just hinted, you can bake a cake. And for us baking a cake, it means that I am baking it for somebody who is near enough to eat it. That was when the excitement started just hinting into our houses. I saw him going downstairs and a few more neighbors, men neighbors, going downstairs, all wearing black shirts, all going out the outside, and we were not allowed to speak. He said, don't speak to anyone. So each one of us, the women, we were sitting down, and it's 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. You're waiting for something to happen, to hear. And I was stressful because my husband just went away. He took a hammer in one pocket and he's wearing a gun and I had no idea where he's going and how is it going to turn out and where, where. So what do I do? I just started saying Tehillim. Saying Tehillim for an hour and nothing happens. Started freaking out. <laughs> went into the kitchen, went bake one cake. Two cakes. Five cakes. Okay. You took them seriously. Okay. Ran out of flowers. Started cleaning up the house. And I look outside and I see the lights are on in all my neighbor's houses. And we're not talking to one each other. Just with one neighbor from the honey house. I was just writing to her at one o'clock at night. Are you awake? So she answered me, yes, are you? So I wrote, yes. That was, that was it. it. Just knowing something that's happening. About half past two, three o'clock, my husband's sending a message. We're in. And I'm waiting. And I'm writing to him, where, where, where? where? And he's, 
is writing to me very nearby. At that moment, I understood that there is something new at the Yemenite village. And I wrote him a new house, and he wrote, he's writing to me, too. I didn't know what to do with myself. I just opened the door, and I started calling Yael, Yael to the neighbor upstairs. And, I re- and I'm hearing Adas coming from the, na- the neighbor from downstairs, coming up and down the, f- the stairs of Beit Yonatani, so it's a big building. And we were just starting singing and screaming and not knowing what to do. My daughter woke up three o'clock in the morning. Mommy, why are you dancing with the neighbors in the middle of the st- stairhouse? And I told her, there are new houses. And she said, really? Okay. And went back to sleep. I think it was like a dream for her. Right. And, we, and the excitement. And we were crying and singing. And for the first time in my life, I understood what the meaning of the words, Hayinu kecholmim. We were as, as dreamers. dreamers. That has How changed soon? reality. At How the soon Yemenite after that village. did you move in? We didn't move into one of these houses, other neighbors did. We went to Beit Rachel after, about a year after going to these two new houses, and we started being able to walk outside. Until then, it was only the armed vehicle. Right. Now we can walk. Now we, you can walk. With two guards. Strength in numbers, huh? And with Mishmar Agvul, with right. the soldiers with us, but we can walk. Oh, your kids must be a lot happier. We are all a lot happier. Yeah, I could I'm never sure. imagine that it will be so easy for me to go up and down 90 stairs every day just for yeah. being able to walk in the streets of Jerusalem and not needing an only an armed car. Right. We still need it, but not only. After that was the synagogue at daylight. After that was Beit Rachel, where we are living now. And we really do believe that the Yemenite village will continue to becoming a big, striving, beautiful neighborhood, just as it was when the Yemenites were there. Because of people like you. Because of people. Look, I want to tell you something. I believe that Hashem is placing each one of them, each one of us, exactly where we should be. I'm here. You're there. Each one of the people who are listening to us now is placed where he should be for Am Yisrael. And they're just asking one thing. Be with us. Pray for Jerusalem. Pray for our success. Come to visit us. When you come to Israel, pick up the phone to Atarot Kwanim. Daniel Lure will be more than happy to host you. Come to my living room. I promise you. Like we did. I promise you. A baked cake, <laughs> cup of coffee. One of five cakes. And, and lots, lots of love to Jerusalem. You can all help. Be with us. That's my request. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming over. A very inspiring presentation. It's wonderful. Wonderful to reunite with you. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app.